from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Oh, you know, when the producer says curtain up, truly, it does mean curtain up. Um, guys, Games Workshop headed to the Windy City with the Chicago Open and showed why it's essential for all Warhammer Tournament player packets. Uh, read them. Uh, we go over the reveals from the 35th anniversary reveal stream. We check in on our grudge tokens as we take the classic Grim After Dark tonal shift to talk about the votes and nerfs some more. I am a hydrocephalactic version of Quentin Tarantino, and even though we are a group of elitist neckbeards, it's still going to be pretty grim after dark. My first co-host today is our classic high hairline Harry, is Danny McDevitt. Yeah, we got buns pressed. Danny, Danny, you look uh, quizzical. Oh, I'm sorry you caught me thinking there. How are you tonight, John? Dude, it's so good. I'm really happy, by the way, that uh, a random YouTube comment has created oh. a far better intro for this show than I have ever written in years. Uh, we were going to keep on running that there. Danny, this guy uh, didn't make it into last week's show, even though we ran 20 minutes long. What? Um, but I did want to run this by you last week. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, no, it ran long. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just surprised we didn't get it get to this. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did want to run this by you. Thank you. Uh, imagine being the word bearer in this picture, who's uh, just like you've been alive for ten thousand years, and you're literally a champion of chaos. And some titanium bald Elysian comes charging at you, screaming his lungs off, holding a primed melted grenade. Um, I have to ask you, Danny. This is a pretty embarrassing way to die if you're a legionnaire. Uh, what is, though, the most embarrassing way to die on the battlefields of the 41st millennium? Oh, uh, hair squig. If you get <laughs> like, eaten by a hair squig, that's the worst way to die. I thought you were going like an Arrested Development style, like Tobias Plugs reference, where you just have too many hair squigs and it just leeches the life away from you. I mean, yeah, I mean, there could be a draining issue there uh where you're over 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 torqued over torqued <laughs> let's go for that seventh one um because yeah. six is just statistically perfect amount of hair squigs it is uh, danny it's true. that's that's not all because the science segment jokes that don't make sense a year and a half later uh tell us who else is joining us today it's a big one. Oh, do we have a big guest today do we have someone that's not val sorry are we oh it's val <laughs> Okay, cool. Hey, good. Glad to have Val on. Val is a huge guest. Um, always happy to... BMI uh, is very high. <laughs> very large Did guest. You say BMI is very high? My BMI is very high. Getting higher by the minute, guys. <laughs> Every week. Did you Val know that they make cookies? Do you know that they make cookies that are completely coated in chocolate but now? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you know they made cookies that affect your BMI? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I been there. <laughs> But that wouldn't be that wouldn't be newsworthy, Danny. Oh, okay. I'm excited that in Canada you Instead. finally got fully covered biscuits or or cookies. Well, it's like that one girl got a cookie nobody likes, except inside of it is a cookie everyone likes. Like you could have like a you could have Oreos in there. You could have the uh, the nutter butters. Also, discovered uh, guys that um, the buttons I press badly, um, none of them are working. So oh. I'm gonna have to click around. <laughs> uh use wearing these dumb glasses uh in a panic uh on the obs thing so this is no. going to be kind of like facetiming with your mom and the the call may just suddenly end and you won't know why and it's because well, i pressed the wrong button probably because we got canceled by frontline uh well do those do those glasses help you to see better uh what what are the are, are they are they a functional aid what, what what do they do well um couch zoom click um well danny uh they they hide where my eyes are looking see because if i see if you could see this you would understand that i am never oh, no, actually put back on man looking at anything <laughs> like actually you know i see well glasses yeah, on hair wow. hair down glasses producer, off he's got glasses and a ponytail paint stained overalls i wish um, typical hollywood <laughs> well stellar our, our ep our, our ep is uh he's got the ponytail 
Nick Nick Horton. Nick okay. Horton, uh, executive, executive producer. producer of the show. You know that because he doesn't do anything. Um, but anyway, <laughs> stellar work last week on the thumbnail department. Um, as you approved through silence, uh, this amazing Grim After Dark thumbnail, if I don't say so myself. Um, the classic, uh, oh, blank, you're going to make me grudge, which I thought was the best way uh, to do this whole Votan thing. But professionally speaking, uh, what makes a good thumbnail, Mr. Creative Director? I'm taking notes. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. I, ble- I believe last week I-, I speculated that it was something that makes me laugh, which is... Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Actually, I used to have a sound effect that did that, but I, again, don't know what buttons do or anything. Uh, I have no idea, man. I honestly got no clue. It seems to be some version, like some sort of mix of like a host going and then like a question. <laughs> Mikey Herbert, who, by the way, uh, is a fan of the show. Number one, big time fan. Oh, he's in the secret Patreon. Um, if you he, want access uh, to it, it's only $5 a month. We'll send you the link. Anyway. <laughs> if you want access to it, please create us a Patreon and set everything up and send me the money. <laughs> uh, you, can see, you can see I just gave up on the whiteboard. It's just clear at this point. So we're, we've, we've moved away from the whiteboard system. Um, okay. On account of that you. That doesn't heard. mean anything's possible because nothing is held. <laughs> That's right. John, what about all your ideas that were on there? <laughs> oh, they john's ideas are are like you know how you can sort of see what used to be written on the whiteboard mm-hmm. those are those are the ghosts that haunt me and those are his ideas well wait there's not something written in the in the top of the of the board there oh that's ye parking lot so yeah okay so that stayed that stayed it's fair it's classic warhammer fantasy tactic mm-hmm. you talked about um, and this, and Danny, you can jump in here about you expect it to be a uh, title in the form of a question. The creator was like, like that. Um, what are some tropes that you really don't like in thumbnails? Like for me, I don't want to see another creator with a mouth open in a thumbnail ever. Um, but what are some tropes you guys hate? <laughs> well, that's a thumbnail. That's Four good. Minutes and seven I think we got that one. I think we can just yeah, use the same template from last week. Amazing. Already done. Yeah. Oh, no. There's so Danny many. didn't freeze up. He's not in Alaska anymore. No, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, what do you hate? What what makes you go to look? Danny, you're a man of like impotent rage. Uh, what what do you hate thumbnail wise when you're going through the YouTubes? John, it's pronounced incandescent. But normally, when I become inflamed, um, I'll put it that way. Um, it's the it's the rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like, you know, I know it's going to rain tomorrow and my knee <laughs> swells up. And then, uh, but mostly it's when I look at things like, uh, for instance, Phil the Glacial Geek has done the last two weeks. He's been experimenting with his thumbnails. So if you look at what he's done, um, don't do that. That stuff is that stuff is bad. Phil, I'm disappointed in you. Phil's the original guest of our show. That's he true. Was. And Dude, it feels uh, like one of our oldest friends too. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I, I don't get the sense that he watches guys. Do you think Phil oh, follows he along? He does not. He absolutely does not. No, he's. Uh, we should load up, yeah, his young YouTube page. We can we can uh, critique his thumbnails for him. Yeah, totally. Um, just so you know, uh, while Val's doing that, I'm going to distract him with another thing here. Yeah. Uh, um, on YouTube, uh, the thumbnail and title actually appeared. Um, is this next slide, uh, which if you want to throw up there. It didn't get this joke. Uh, it's, oh, blank, you're going to make me keep hovering to play. <laughs> I get <laughs> the joke. It reads along the bottom now. Uh, thanks to that old YouTube overlay. I get the joke now. That's a good joke. Oh, that's good. Well, that's great. And I think we just got to move that in. And speaking of like this quick boardroom meeting here, guys, we'll mm-hmm. work that in more. Uh, something keep hovering to play. We'll just, we'll keep moving that in. Um. Yeah, that assumes that someone's hovering. I think oh, I think that joke only works for the uh, checks notes. Point zero zero one percent of people that consider watching this show upon That's seeing not the thumbnail. notes. That's just looking at our algorithm statistics. Yeah, well, uh, that would be the, where the notes come from. What do you think? I just make this stuff up. Think you get no. these sunglasses? Yeah. Just pulling this out of my butt, do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The, the sunglass thing, you can't see what you're thinking. <laughs> uh, moving on, fun times. Uh, 
where are we here? Reed, perfect, all right. Hey, this guy here, let me explain to you why I, a fat North American with bad knees and a poor disposition, I Go know on. it sounds like we're talking about me, uh, but we're actually not, uh, would defeat Car in the Betrayal. <laughs> Uh, you may be surprised to know that I am many times larger than he is, and he is also an inanimate plastic model. <laughs> I will simply step on him. My immense weight will be enough to crush him into tiny pieces, while my bad knees will ensure that I stumble while in pain from having spiky plastic pieces on my foot. This will cause me to fall down and deal a second devastating blow to the small and puny Karn. At this point, there will have been so much destructive force applied to Karn that he will have surely turned into dust. I will then take the opportunity to snort the Karn stuffs. Uh, while I am writhing in pain on the floor, he will cease to exist, and I will be victorious. Uh, before we go any further in that, so any thoughts on this uh, battle strategy here? I mean, I think it's horribly unrealistic. I don't think he oh. wins. I mean, by math. Well, I mean, by math? continue. <laughs> Share your, share you know your how many work. attacks Karn has? Did you know he gets to fight twice? So while you're falling on him, he's fighting once when you step on him and then fighting again when you fall right on him. Now, I don't know if this guy's foot is going to absorb the tiny pieces of spikes into in, into himself uh, that Karn is going to break off uh, when he dies, but he might be broken, but he's not defeated. Not defeated. No. No, I will say Karn in this case is probably a Chinese version of Karn, so will smash into dust. Uh, however, that <laughs> dust will fill your lungs with deadly chemicals. And give you cancer, yes. Um, Val, has there ever been a model you accidentally destroyed uh, mid-game? Mid-game? Mm-hmm. Um, no. Drop it into oblivion, smash it out of rage. No, but I remember going to my first RTT ever with a, with a dear friend of mine, former captain of... Uh, sorry, former coach of Canada, Conrad Motika, dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, by the end of the tournament, his Wraith Lord was just a single leg on the uh, on on the base, and it was just. I've, I still have a photo of it somewhere because I think it's really funny. It, might, it just makes me think of like trying to play Warhammer with the lamp from a Christmas story. Classic. <laughs> Stompa right there, Danny. What about you? You ever destroyed a model mid game? Ooh. Uh, no, um, but I have had one of my models destroyed mid-game before. Oh, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Oh, it was, uh, it was really disappointing. Uh, my friend killed it with his ass. (laughs) Where'd you leave your model, Danny? (laughs) Where did I leave it? Uh, On top of a four-foot table, and this guy's dummy thick cheeks, when he turned, just knocked it right over (laughs) and onto the floor. My bloodthirster. And it broke into a million pieces. I had to pin it back together. It was terrible. Old metal one. No, it no. was plastic. Damn. It was a brand new plastic. One of the best part was the main break was at that tiny little whiff of contact point between the foot and the flame <laughs> on the bottom. Oh, man. So no matter what Danny did, this was like round one of an RTT as well, which yep. he had to use that bloodthirster at the rest of the day. Well, um, John, the funny thing was, is I had I was playing Corn Demon Can and I just summoned this thing onto the table with blood tithe points, which takes a minute to get there. And so, like, I was like ready to play with my new well. toy, and then the TO, this guy's the judge, so I can't even be like you know real mad. Like I can be kind of mad, but then if I you know overreact, just toss me out of the event. There's so many deep cut references that you just casually tossed off there. One Corn Demon Can, RFP. Yeah. Trigger <laughs> trigger warning on that one. Two blood tithe points, which uh, a mechanic that uh, do we have a, a, a relative of blood tithe points these days in, in the game? I don't know. Uh, not in you know not in forty k, but in AOS, very common. You have those kinds of uh, like point systems that you get points for doing stuff. They were like grudge tokens, but instead of victory points, you got models. Yeah, for the there record. Um, when, when Corn Demonkin went away and, uh, a dear friend of mine who basically only listens to metal and loves corn, mm-hmm. um, both, uh, K-H-O-R-N-E and however you spell the bad rock band, um, L-I-M-P-B-I-Z-K-I-T. <laughs> no, the co-headliner, Corn, K-O-R-N. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, he was heartbroken. Heart, so heartbroken. He wrote, he wrote Santa Claus, AKA Reese Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> and was was just he was so 
brokenhearted that he he felt the need to write a write a a, a, a missive to Reese Robbins, to which Reese incredibly oh. thoughtfully replied. Uh, and I assured he, this person that um, uh, that don't worry. Obviously, they're going to make a world leaders book. And boom, presto changeo. Six years later, um, we have a, <laughs> a mere six years later. Six years later, uh, we have uh, we have that corn. Think of all the things he could have done with his life in the meantime. Instead, he started other armies and all that kind of stuff. He could have been like. I don't know. You could have gotten like an English degree or something by God, now. God, yeah. I think the important thing to remember here is whenever you ask Reese something, you just have to wait six years for it to happen, mm -hmm. uh, and then it'll be a thing. Uh, so get your requests in early and often. Um, the yeah. best way to get to him, by the way, is using the affiliate link in this chat to purchase things. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for writing me. I am sorry about your feelings about the corn blood tithes. Are you sure you it was nothing personal? It was absolutely personal. It was his idea to get rid of those. Yeah, I already much. really responds well to his personal Facebook account if you message him on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, just kidding. Really he doesn't respond to that, guys. We're, we're it was probably just sandwiched in between a customer service request. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, you had no choice but to respond. Checkmate, Reese. Got him. Here's here's the deal. Uh, would you guys play a version of 40k uh, that would have you destroy your no. model literally uh, when it's killed <laughs> figuratively? Okay, Sorry, what? For, for the audio listener on the podcast, as Val often yeah. uh, berates me for not including more. Uh, Val, you've been doing a, some good described listening, I gotta say. A, so a, la a late. A late 80s uh, Jack Nicholson impression uh, in the middle of our screen right there. Um, it's about 20 yeah, so say, finger guns. Mm -hmm. because what I was would it take for you guys to play that game? 40k? Where, where your models are destroyed when they're killed. Oh. Take a hammer out, smash, gone. Oh, pre-painted models, then, I, then I'd be down. No, no, no. It's your, your Necron army, Danny. No, I, 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 won't play that. I won't play that game. Unless you're going to pay me for the <laughs> army ahead of time. Cash up front, but that sounds like pink slips. So I don't know. A lot of money riding on it and, and an inability to control my gambling. Yeah. That would probably be Fair what enough. it would take. Guys, re real happy to say that our sales tactic work. Big Papa SC on Twitch letting us know I'll buy a sub for everyone if Val never does that again. Uh, the double so the double job. finger guns? Double finger guns. Yeah. yeah. We're going to keep on finger gunning. In fact, that's our new outros. We're all just going to finger gun uh, at the same time. Finger blast, about... if you will. Yep. Um, level. Yeah. Wow. Moving on here from the <laughs> finger blasting. <laughs> it was Games Workshop. Well, not entirely away from the fingers, actually. It was Games Workshop open last weekend. Oh, good. Art of War let Jack Harpster win this time as he dominated the field with his Harlequin. <laughs> supported, of course, by the infamous man himself uh, in this slide here. Mr. Nick Nanavati on commentary. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Nick. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know about enough about competitive Warhammer, but I'm ensured that is Mr. Nanavati himself. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, on a more serious note, uh, Jack Harpster is seeing amazing success this year at GW events. Why do you think that is? It's the Grim After Dark bump. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ever since he was on this show. Um, ever since we had the nova champion on yeah when we had the nova champion on here it's been no looking back really i mean he was already possibly the nova champion but post that <laughs> it was actually literally a, it was no, a hold on. title that drew him he was a nova champion it's true he was a champion of nova yeah mm -hmm. that was all uh all our work is it's, it's a charitable I thing so aren't we all champions of nova yeah, yeah. i think so mm -hmm. no, we are not we're not. Um, how are you guys seeing? So this is year two of the GW Opens and uh, Mikey Brandt bringing the competitive scene back to the U.S. How do you guys see them going so far? Like, have we what? seen improvement year on year? Uh, are we kind of seeing them as the kind of event that you would want to go to competitively? Danny, I know you're in Real America now. Uh, I think it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, except for their tiebreaker scoring. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny also i would say they've done i think exactly what what i think uh they would have hoped to have done which is they've just sort of slotted into 
Whoa. Uh, they slotted into this uh, spot that was previously unoccupied, known as the Premium Warhammer 40,000 event. Um, and AOS and Kill Team and Laser Tag? Um, so, like, it, it's... Uh, I think they're... Now? Was, it, was there a laser was, tag there? I'm sorry, they had laser tag? I don't know if they I don't know if they take the laser tag to the US opens, but uh my brand created something called Kill Team Live. Oh. Which is oh, okay, uh, which is laser tag with with 40k cosplay weapons. It's actually not gonna lie, sounds sounds like it might be fun, but I'd rather make fun of it. Um No, no, so we can't make fun of that because that sounds legitimately amazing and I want super to know more uh, shut about up. That. Shut up, okay? Yeah, it's cool, okay? It's laser tag. I expect to see some. Is laser tag ever cool? Like, okay, hold on. Let me re- let me rephrase that question. Is laser tag ever cool after you're like fifteen? I don't know, but it was fun, and they had the smoke effects in there and stuff. And oh, cool. I don't know, it was good. And also, I lived sort of like there was no paintball places when I was growing up. We didn't have we didn't have airsoft in those days. So, like, laser tag is what we had, and we loved it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it died with the, you know, suburban mall in roughly 2006, but not in the heart of Mike Brandt. Nope. Nope. He brought it back. And it's cool. Though, so, yeah, the, no. there's one one side has has orc bolters or shooters. Oh, cool. and the other side has las guns. So you you like have like big cosplay guns and the, you run around players. So I don't know if it goes to the US Opens or not, but it definitely goes to like when they go to big trade shows and stuff. Like when they're at Gen Con and. Yeah. I'm out of breath somehow, but yeah. I um, will say they're no longer allowed to in the U.S. <laughs> BMI, um, after, after the close combat phase uh, of the last laser attack event was a bloody and disastrous affair. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Tuzar did not let them do it again after that. <laughs> How did we license the, ourselves to this? You guys looked into Warhammer 40,000 before? Yeah, this, is not what, this is not the brand. family values of Qzark. <laughs> um i would so just close this out like straight up i've always i really loved the format which was i guess a modified version of the nova format i think it's really really great um but um the u.s opens uh are also they got the full force of of gw behind it so obviously you know all the train is really pretty it's laid out really well it's run really tight um there are there are some really key contributors on their team because i was was doing their stream last year the real real massive contributors on that on that team all TOs work hard, but man, that group works hard uh, to put those events on, amongst other things that they do that aren't tournaments, too. So, yeah, I think they're doing really, really great. And you hear that, too, coming back, I think. I don't know about you guys, but people I know who've, who've been to those uh, events consider them really well run and a lot of fun. Um, I love the pod system. Gives everyone someone to shoot, something to yeah. shoot for. You know, all kinds I'm of definitely going to ask, uh, bring that up there, and Danny, uh, what do you think of the pod system? Because it's been going on in Nova for a while, obviously, but most of the events oh. that we've been kind of privy to haven't necessarily used a pod, and GW is kind of bringing the pod to the, the, the front. I So I haven't done it yet, but it kind of, I think it helps you to stay in the tournament. I think it helps to prevent drops. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know what, like, the statistics are on that, but I feel like that would help, like, that definitely helps to prevent people who are like well i lost a game first day like i'm out i'm not gonna play anymore now this mm-hmm. kind of gives you a reason to stick around to see if you can win your pod now, it's actually twofold uh danny there is actually a bit of a motivation there to encourage drops uh because um there's uh, this is actually something mike has uh always kind of advocated is like if you don't want to play on the last day you want to go see the city we're in Go see the go go see the city. Like you don't have okay. to play Warhammer, or you can go see the other stuff that's going on at the event itself. Um, I guess the idea is that it's like you know it's it doesn't hold you there. But if you are there, there's something to go for. I think the biggest problem with pods, honestly, is that people don't get what it means and like <laughs> how they work. And um, fundamentally, what it kind of is is you take the first four rounds to seed the second four rounds of the event, right? And um, I think that's that's better than what we got, which is. No seating whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Um, I do find it's unique that you, you're saying uh, GW competitive, like match play head honcho Mike Brandt does not want people to play Warhammer the last day in his events. No, he doesn't want people to feel obligated to, to show up. And I I get that. I don't, I've never really gotten the whole stigma to like dropping for the last day or like oh. leaving to go home. 
I don't, I don't know. Is, am I missing something? Like, why? Den, why is Denny, that? So what, bad? What's your take on this? Because we've given people a hard time for dropping. Before. I mean, yeah, it's it's cowardice, John. That's what everybody is against <laughs> is cowardice. So, um, <laughs> but no, like the whole point of the like it screws. I want to so see much Oklahoma stuff. City. Okay, you know, like don't hold me back. Do you? Um, what, I, I want to see whatever it is there is to see. That's where the next one is, right? Oklahoma. I don't know. Well, really? I do know that Oklahoma is the taint of Texas. Um, is it in taint Texas this taint Texas <laughs> I love by the way that all my jokes are just dying tonight that, that, that just fills me it's with the BMI again even more it's the BMI uh, better make it funny index that's not that thing at all never mind moving on guys there was absolutely no controversy uh, as a tiebreaker to get into the top eight was decided by this, and Danny, for the benefit of the audio listener, uh, please let us know oh, what we're looking at right here. Okay, no, this is really important, and uh, let's talk about the things you see in this picture. There's a lot going so, on. So, going from... Uh, yeah, please uh, going call out anything you see. from too. left to right. Um, first, we can see an Art of War member. Is that... Who is that? Is that Ganyo? I don't know. Anyway, there's not a war guy there on the left. He's observing this. He has a pensive look on his face. And then we kind of scroll over and you can see John Lennon. And John Lennon has both arms, and this is in the background, extended, holding back a veritable tide of other gamers with two fingers upheld on one hand, one finger upheld on the other. He's not only helping to do crowd control, but also <laughs> referee, not just referee, but scorekeep this, this, this great contest that's happening. In the foreground, um, you'll see you see two gentlemen uh, with each with their uh, their left hand uh, out outheld flat, and then their right hand in a position uh, showing what their uh, rock paper scissors call is oh my. Uh, officiating this. Then this is really the important part because rock paper scissors would probably be a little convoluted if we didn't have some kind of a referee making sure there we have uh mvb himself uh god, god emperor brant uh also playing maybe um, i think he's keeping he has, i think he's keeping the you know like yeah, the, maybe he's keeping time for the rochambeau this isn't um, philadelphia rules it's not one pump one time these guys are clearly yeah, going on three the rules are here i don't know if this dc rules um best out of five <laughs> Um, I think it is best out of five, actually. It is best out of five. I'm like, what? Wait, why five? Well, you don't want to leave this up to a best in three series. This isn't baseball. What's in the six? It's statistically significant. So we to do it before. Sorry, I can't. I can't anymore. (laughs) You're good. You're good. So essentially what happened here was to... To figure out the top cut for the top eight players at the Chicago Open, there was. By the way, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, which one of these guys is Jack Harpster? Isn't this supposed to be Jack Harpster? Oh no, he he. Got I don't think either of those. Oh no, there he is. He's in the back. He's in the back. He's in the back. Tipping. Maybe off. he had a proxy. <laughs> he had pinch. He's got someone pinch rock paper scissor in for him. A true AOW coach. <laughs> it's got it. Professional Warhammer player had a backup. <laughs> he's got a specialist. Comes off the bench. <laughs> he's got the designated. He's like calls him up. Here's the thing, though. You yeah, guys I don't need have you to win this rock guy? paper scissors game for me. Yeah, bitch hitter. Thank you. This Joel. is it. This is it, guys. This is what we've been trading hard for. I mean, I finally hit rock. <laughs> And that was it. I do want to bring up, uh, before we go any further, that after this event, uh, we, do, we do have this wonderful uh, artwork that was provided for us in our next slide, uh, showing the new Art of War coaching <laughs> service uh, for rock, paper, scissors. Uh, it's it's got, good. Got to monetize. I think my favorite oh, thing here man. is this referee, referee John Lennon, uh, by the way, which I think uh, will just back. be a... Uh, Welcome back. Yeah, uh, Tricky Dick, uh, if you could give me just a PNG uh, of referee John Lennon for me to abuse, I, I would really like that a lot. He's got he's got um, a lot of like uh, I'm a little teapot vibes going on in that screen cap. It's pretty oh good. My God, David would love syndrome. Him. He's got well, a um, back. The I mean, crowd. you want they were angry at the results of the rock paper scissors? It was like you want to have people. you you want to have both the specialist 
and you want to have training and and some mental acuity coming into this kind of a tie-breaking system because as we all know the go first win rate in rock paper scissors is 100 percent they only had five rounds there's not enough to statistically be a significant amount to prove that um but <laughs> where oh and Deval, i'm gonna ask you first here because i think i killed danny a little bit uh, but where does this rank in competitiveness on a scale from the initial age of sigmar rule set to magic oh, wow. the gathering um well actually i almost made the snide so i, I made a post about this on the old Facebook wall. I actually didn't know what this was. I just thought it was really funny that there was like a very big crowd of people watching a rock, paper, scissors game at a Warhammer event. Uh, I thought it was funny. This was, um, I think this was a result for a finals game though. It was, this was to determine if this was the tiebreaker. This was the official tiebreaker. I was in fact there. In fact, may oh. have been the person to inform uh, some, <laughs> someone that, Hey, the, the hosts who seem to know what they're talking about think that, John Lennon and Richard Siegler might draw and the look of terror on their face, I believe, signifying, oh, yeah, people can draw, um, was... Uh, <laughs> not at not, not <laughs> this event, though. Not at this event. So they were ready this time. Uh, but they went with kill points at that time, which it sucked. I mean, it was a bad way to lose a Warhammer game. But it wasn't rock, paper, scissors, you know? <laughs> I think... I think there's lots of examples of, 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 of contests, of sports, of situations where we, we do use a rock, paper, scissor like mechanic, which fundamentally is just kind of random chance because like a shootout penalty kicks, um, you know, in, in football, you have a really now convoluted overtime process or whatever. But the thing is, is like they at least go through some sort of some, some sort of circus, some sort of pageantry to make it look like. It is, in fact, the game that generates the result, not just some random arbiter of chance. Um, so I think that's why I, I, I think this one was a bit funny. That's fair. Fair. Uh, Nid Coming in here from Chet. Asks, uh, what happens in case of a tie in ITC points at the end of the season? Uh, that's Red Rover, actually, is the way. Oh, yeah. Rochambeau. That's a Rochambeau for it, for sure. Now, uh, instead of whoever. John... Instead of yeah. leaning away from this, right? Like, we're like, yeah. obviously, this is silly. Like, let's not do this. What if we leaned further into it? Like, well, Danny, what if we used if rock, paper, scissors for things like who goes first? Or <laughs> or yeah, uh, decide an attacker defender? This is an official Games Workshop event. Why didn't they just Jervis Johnson this beach? Why didn't they, why didn't they yeah. four up it? Retire? Yep. Yeah, no, okay. Hey, 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 hey. Four up it, man. Just like, okay, we're, this is a quote gentleman's game. No one was able to determine a winner in the course of however many rounds a Warhammer game is these days. And uh, just four up it. Four rounds. It's four rounds. What, um, what would feel worse as the player? Not making top eight because you um, lost at a game of rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> or like not making top eight because you lost one dice roll off? What about like a warlord battle? What if what if like your warlord and their warlord, whoever they are, just have to start in base to base? You four up who goes first, off you go. And then the winner of that combat. Do you have can you win combats in 40k? I don't know. I got fantasy going on here. But like you know what I mean? Like maybe that yeah. you could have like a warlord duel. Hmm? I mean, like yeah, on one side you would have Mortarian, Lord of the Death Guard, Primarch of the Ninth Legion. On the other side, you would have a company commander, uh, <laughs> right? That's your military. He's called a Castellan now, John, as per the Warhammer uh, article today. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, chat letting us know. How about a real trail by combat? But really, they're burying the lead here. How about laser tag? Uh, that would be the oh yeah. man. What? Yeah, play kill team live. Uh, team or live. Leg wrestling. What, um, what did they used to call that, Danny? What's up? I'm kidding. Um, the. Uh, um, <laughs> Guys, this was in the event packet, though. So anyone going to this event knew in the tiebreaker situation, rock, paper, scissors was the official outcome. Actually, straight up, Danny, was did, I'm, uh, did Chad or Danny suggest Kill Team Live? Because that is that is the synthesis of this whole thing. And put a, that was who, this put, guy. 
That was John. Okay, Danny, good job the suggesting board. the Kill Team Live thing. Yeah. So John because said that Laser is incredible. And then I added to it by saying Kill Team Live. It was a group effort between the two of us. Okay. Well, that's 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 the that is this that that's the creative relationship that leads to stuff going up on the whiteboard. And I yeah, will I, I will something. <laughs> Danny makes it better. Val sends it there to die. I will definitely not forward the photo I take of the whiteboard where I write that down. To Mike Brandt, but I think a Kill Team Live duel to resolve yeah. future ties, we've solved it. And I'm not even sure that this is a joke. Yeah. I mean, look, there's some <laughs> skills you have to practice there, right? Like <laughs> that does how best to hold your hand over the, the the sensor receiver so that you can't get hit back is probably the most powerful move that exists. And like the like the, the crouch? Yeah. The Covering crouch. your chits and crouching? My nipples. I call that the uh, goblin. Create a possible scenario where we have a rascal scooter in a laser tag zone. <laughs> There's no ramps in this laser. Look, it's all one level. John Cook is pretty screwed in this scenario. Like, let's all be, let's all be real here, okay? Does he still um, have all his fingers? Could he even do this version of the tiebreak? I'm not sure. Maybe his toes are really, he's real agile with those. Or it could if he be. has any of those. Could be. I will say. Yeah. We have right now on screen just some great people, obviously, but Val, creative director of the FLGN. If we just take the N away for a sec and just be a creative director of the FLG and we can lie, uh, what are some games we could play instead of a shadow round at LVO uh, that would be the most fair and quick way of solving who makes top eight? Oh, some games that you could play. You could play um, who can walk down the strip uh and collect the least amount of prostitute flyers oh i was gonna say the most the most okay all right all right the most the most is actually better because obviously you're gonna get a couple it'd be hard it'd be hard not to get a few but yeah the most is good um what else uh i'm gonna say joel atkins oh. and chat coming in with duck duck goose which oh. i would actually pay money to see the top 16 uh lvo play duck duck goose Grot, Grot, it's not, of course it's the 40k what, version of that what about game. the first Uber person to be able to leave the lvo get an outside food or beverage and just carry it past security Ooh. so the yeah, first like one that. to get a drink or sandwich back to their back to the player station the mission impossible style type that's right <laughs> also it has to be from starbucks so very impossible oh, you're gonna wait yeah it's gonna be yeah. a while it's not the most like efficient tiebreaker um amazing i love it Guys, what about a bake-off bake-off yeah <laughs> what about a get baked off it's legal it's legal Ooh, in nevada now. hey look yeah that would work in vegas you could do like oh. the old-fashioned uh uh remember when you have to like spin around on a bat and oh then, yeah yeah, yeah, so you have you, there's just one more. They add one round. Why did that could be a way to do this? You add one round to the game as like an overtime inning, but you have to spin around in circles on a bat first, and then play really dizzy. Like that right. adds an element. Yeah, because I, I mean, dizziness famously impacts your your strategic thinking. Like uh, I know it does for me. So. <laughs> So like the the art of war versus vanguard tactics red rover game uh, and you know art of war is practicing those bat spins at home like they're doing that in their garage um <laughs> or their backyard probably a lot it's fair bat spin uh, huh I, I don't know if that's what it's called is that what it's called <laughs> that what the kids are calling it these days i don't even know what Power i'm implying guys fall. i don't even know what i'm implying <laughs> what are you what <laughs> i got no idea what i'm implying could be drug use, could be some sort of sexual activity. I'm not sure. Uh, neither of which are true. Right. The AOW boys are good. They're good American boys, okay? They let us make fun of them by not watching or realizing what they do. Are they, are they letting us? They're letting us make it's, fun of them? It's technically letting us if they have no idea we exist. Um, there was a big old 35-year anniversary preview party on Games Workshop. Should have been 45. Well, uh, and Games Workshop guaranteed I will have no money when World Eaters come out with this guy. Wow! Uh, some thoughts on this model. Uh, Danny, actually, describe it in your best way, uh, because I didn't say anything about it. Hmm. Unstoppable force and a chainsaw horn. It's a GWFAQ for squats. It's Apart from uh, the chainsaw. God, my jokes are not landing today. No, they're bad. Good uh, it's uh, it seems to be some sort of juggernaut. <laughs> it's, it's a corn guy. It's corn guy. 
Mm-hmm. It's lead singer of Corn. Metal Rhino. Uh, on a metal rhino and a juggo on a juggo right juggo or not chain horn juggalo um if, oh, if, guys, if you don't if you don't uh by the way modify this to make it a triceratops uh by putting two more chain swords uh pointing out the head <laughs> oh what yeah, are we so even doing here danny <laughs> wasting what our else time. are you hoping to see uh from that world leaders range do we hope to see more uh mounted berserkers john i'm hoping to see some berserkers on uh on juggernauts but i kind of doubt that it's going to happen um i do think we'll probably see some demon involvement maybe you can take some demon units in this codex maybe not though um it talks about this guy leading juggernauts uh like skull crushers so that or blood crushers sorry not skull crushers oh this is just Um, one guy this isn't a unit yeah he's a hero oh that's bullshit what Yeah, it'd be cool if they got some Thunderwolf cavalry juggernaut riders, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. They're making I no. Would... They're making one guy. Why? It's fucking what? This is dumb. Uh, yeah. uh, but Terminator. They rock paper scissors to see if they would do more than one. Turned out no. Nope, they just like one. <laughs> Sometimes Wait. less is more, Val. It's true. This uh, this model would would sell a lot of models. <laughs> probably <laughs> there, will if you could have more than one. But one. instead, it's yeah. Instead, it's like the squig hog rider guy. I guess is what they're going for. I would love uh, to have a unit of mounted berserkers and then a, a unit of just juggernauts by themselves with nothing on oh, them. Oh, that'd be cool. Actually, I could like, I could get down with that. I would love to. Yeah, see we got Chad coming in here saying that the quote was "lead his friends into battle." And I mean, if I had a juggernaut that I was rolling out on, I'd have buddies. Let me just right. pull up. This is the wrong. Co- just don't all have rides. <laughs> Let me just pull out my pre-release copy of the Codex, and we could just. Well, get down no, this is Codex here. Chaos Demons. Uh, uh-huh, it's a wonderful uh-huh. book. Definitely buy it from uh, Frontline Gaming. Uh, but it does say in there that uh, in corn armies, uh, you have a per- like a percentage of that army you can take as corn demons. Yep, twenty five percent in power level. Yeah. John. So I believe that's kind of what they'd be referring to in that one because it's built into that book already. Uh, but hopefully you know, not so much. What if he's a corn locust? I'd be really happy with that. Oh man, God damn! It's, this desk is only is pretty low to the ground this week. You can't be saying stuff. Yeah, like you'll that be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I fail at making jokes, Danny steps in and just makes all of the great jokes. Oh, uh, they're also jumping in with the next campaign book series. Uh, with Arcs of Omen, uh, where spoilers Abaddon, and this is a joke stolen from Evan Valdike, but decides to turn into grim dark opera and give everyone a space hulk uh, in the next part of this <laughs> thing. Um, guys, thoughts on the campaign books? The main thing coming out of this is there's going to be no new match play rules uh, in the campaign books going forward. We did it! Did we? Right? I mean, aside from the the blowing of the... of. Of uh, of the lead and and like just mercilessly wrecking um, uh, the U.S. Open for rock paper scissors because it's funny, guys. It is funny. It I is will stand by this funny. to yeah. their faces. It's funny. Here, um, also, it can be really easily gamed. Just always throw oh, what your opponent did last. Because uh, mentally, they're not going to do the same thing two times in a row. Or will well, they? And then that case is still a draw. <laughs> Clearly, you never rock, paper, scissored against old Val over here, pal. Um, oh, yeah. What's your move, Val? I don't know. A lot of eyebrow stuff. Can't tell because of the glasses. You know? <laughs> Stop telling. Now, now I'm saying. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, right. No, but what I was going to say is like I think they've, they, they're starting to coalesce around an, an attempt to be more of a respectable games company uh, in, like I feel like, the past few days. And um, I think that's wonderful. And and the reveal kind of reinforced that a bit by saying that, hey, turns out you guys don't like a bunch of books that you have to buy for like one page of bullshit. So we took the page of bullshit out. So buy the book anyway, please. Which is going to be a double-edged sword here, guys, because no one's going to buy this probably, or very few people will. Um, And then they're going to start putting rules back in them again because... No one buys them. They don't understand yeah. that they could just sell us subscriptions for the rules. I so in all honesty, I never really <laughs> minded the, having to buy the book for a few pages of rules. I was fine with that. 
it didn't really ever bother me that much. Do you think, though, that the issue comes to be not necessarily like the financial part of it, of having to buy the stuff, um, but sort of the rules blow? Like, for an example, we're sort of coming back to the good old days of six, where I was running my Tyranid Army in sixth edition, and I would have Codex, Imperial Armor, uh, virtual data slate, other data slate, all kinds of other stuff there. Val, you're making hand gestures. It's not about the money. They can have the money. It's about the annoyance. It's about anno being annoyed about A, having to get a book, and B, having to use that book somehow, and then see that book. I got to recycle it like six months later. It is dumb. And I, that's, that's really what it is for me is it's dumb. It's a bad think, way to do it. Yeah, I think part of this has to do with uh, like a lack of digital rule output. Like yeah. if they were actually have an application where this stuff was updated in, then it would be Undopay. less onerous. And maybe this is foreshadowing, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps 10th edition will go to some form of digital rule set. Dare to dream, perchance. I, yeah, no, I think that would be great. I really like... I like these little updates, though, because they keep factions fresh by adding new stuff to them that they didn't have, kind of like mid-edition. I think it's a really good like a really yes. good vehicle to carry that. Well, a lot of folks talk about how, oh, you can't possibly have like everything released at one time. Of course you can. You just then you would iterate with like that with with a, either a book or a widespread rules release that adds stuff, expansions, if you will, to whatever the core is. Yeah. So if 10th yeah. had a nice tight <clears throat> core which this is kind of what they've been doing here, guys. Like, again, a little little bit of kudos. I don't know where it coalesced from because they went way into the wilderness for a while. But I'd say in the last six months, like since this balanced out of slate stuff and the like the seasons have started rolling out, they seem to be getting a little bit more, I don't know, uh, what's the word, uh, modular with their rule sets. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like planning out the obsolescence of the current rule set. It's not, a, it's not like a... You know how long is this going to be good for? It's like no, it's good for six months. You know, and then we're going to change it up. And they're they're and they're also they they made points digital. That did happen, I think, yeah. with that very little fanfare, uh, which is fantastic. So maybe you know they're seeing them come around to some very sensible practices, like charging me twenty dollars a month for the rules. Like charge me twenty dollars a month for legal Wahapedia. I will give it to you, no problem. You get Netflix money, no problem. Like way more than Warhammer Plus, like. <laughs> Like the, the uh, game. I'm gonna say, please sales charge from me $10 sales from the rules for all that. Say again. It's like, please only charge me ten dollars a month for all that. Uh, Twenty dollars. A little rich for this guy's blood. A little rich, but I'm. I would suggest that like the value, like the amount of money they would make off of a good rule subscription, even if it was just whatever they're charging for Warhammer Plus, I suspect would be pretty good. And if they set the if they set the price point at an appropriate point, maybe twenty dollars is too high. Also, I'm speaking Canadian here, so that's like fifteen oh, forty yeah. or whatever. So like, you know, like there is like there's got to be a very workable business model here, like the iTunes model yeah. of, of of rules distribution that would like and, solve so many problems for for I don't know what we think of as problems, unless you're Danny because yeah. he's cool with everything. Danny, um, like, do, do you think though this is more of sort of a side grade because the same kind of weekend they announced that uh, there wasn't going to be new match play rules in these books. We also get the announcement that there's going to be a destroyer cult army of renown and white dwarf. So are <laughs> we seeing the rules kind of being pulled out of the big $50 books, but being put into the $8 magazine instead? Yeah. Everybody loves to get their rules on a limited time release that once it's printed, they won't make any more of. Um, so it like goes into the vault, Danny. That is, that is, that is slander. Six months later, you do get it in the vault with your Warhammer right. Plus subscription. You're right. Six Which months really later. works well with these six-month seasons. Um, Hopefully <laughs> you're store ordered enough or you have a subscription to this. Uh, Daddy, do you think this is going to be the end of campaign books uh, as we kind of currently know them there? Because again, Val was saying, are you, you're a special case where you do like buying all of these books, um, but there are some people who, who don't. I mean, yeah, I think that I think I think digital camp, I think campaign books are going to stay. Uh, I don't know to what degree. I think you'll probably see either. All right. So this is going to go one of two ways. Either Val is prescient um, and uh, knows exactly what's going to happen, which is which is a fair take. I think it's probably pretty reasonable. Um, they are telegraphing. Uh, or they're just going to stop making campaign books if this doesn't sell. They'll release novels instead with this information. 
this is this is what I hope they do. I hope they do go digital uh, largely, but they don't abandon print. And I think what they need to do is they need to do what they're really good at with print. They're one of the they're like one of the last really like quite successful, I'd say, like paper publishers uh, that hasn't been swallowed up by, you know, one of the conglomerates. um, That's fair out there. And the way they do that is they make real token items. Right. So like Mm -hmm. all their limited editions, the textures they have, the little stupid ribbon that comes in the middle, the you know types of finishes on the paper. They're very good at making physical objects like books have, you know, qualities that obviously a digital rule set wouldn't. A book isn't as good at certain things as the digital rule set. But as far as having an object to like hold in your hand to look at and all that kind of stuff, when you divorce the two, now you can be really good at what print does and you can be really good at what digital does. And so they have the opportunity to make two way better products because right now they have two pretty compromised products, I'd say. Like their mm-hmm. books fall apart. Like the like the codexes are yeah they're hardcover sure that's nice but like they can they you can see that they have the ability and the design capability to make really beautiful things like lots of like beautiful artwork lots of cool stories they can really lean into the stuff like think of it, I'd buy a book of just pictures of every orc model in their studio you know what I mean like yeah the the codex or or the campaign book could just become that that like repository that object for everything to do with x and, and i will just say, really go nuts with that i did buy every single horus heresy black book well after i stopped buying the game uh or playing the game for those exact reasons um like, but there are some benefits danny as we're seeing a return of zomortalis uh rechristened here as boarding actions where i'm just gonna say things as, as foul wonders yeah, away good. as i ask for a slide to come up but danny Thoughts on uh, boarding actions and the return of Zoe Mortalis. Oh, that'll be cool. I'm really interested to see those rules. I love the idea of this. And this is like almost further than Zone Mortalis. Um, when you're looking at like, it's they say it's bigger than Kill Team because it's actual armies, mm-hmm. you know, fighting in these uh, confined quarters. You'd be super cool. Falls back with a treat. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. There's a little show and tell here. So like we've got, we've got, it's not a red book, but it's a Timurkan. Which is a Warhammer Fantasy Forge World book. Beautiful. I'm shocked. Lovely layout. Not really any many model photos in here. You know, this was obviously this is the super, you know, it's a Forge World book, so it was probably pretty fancy when it was when it was when it was bought. And then and then here's the most recent limited edition or codex. Nice cover here. But the pages are just falling out of it. I mean, I, I don't I don't know why the pages just fall out of it. I think it's as if somebody I, cut all these pages out. My favorite thing here, Danny, and you can correct me on this, is the fact that mm-hmm. Val spent the past minute and a half appearing like a, a, a terrible actor in an infomercial <laughs> um, about why a product is terrible and, and fixes problems. I feel like he's yeah. trying to elicit some kind of a Seinfeld comedy response here. Like, the pages, they're faller outer, you know, like, or something stupid. Like, yeah. The pages, Jerry. I don't know. I've never watched Seinfeld. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> look who's jokes don't it. land now john boo look at me my jokes don't land well that's it's not just you buddy <laughs> it's all i've this. infected this entire show uh with my terribleness <laughs> a geller um, box infection that's right <laughs> we lowered the geller comedy field uh will we see danny do you think reworked uh, uh other things in future campaign books like death from the sky city yeah. fight kind of other things like that yeah, I think I think all that stuff has a future. They'll just continue to reprint this stuff at the end of editions. I feel like uh, yeah. to give people some extra spice to like get them over the finish line to the next edition. Oh, I will say, didn't Death from the Skies come right at the end of the edition? And City yeah, Fight wasn't it? right at the end. It was really stupid. What in seventh? Death from the Skies yeah. was wasn't quite. There was a paperback version that came out beforehand that I spent forty five dollars on. That I read and was like, this is really dumb, and then I never used it. I uh, I remember I wrote, in fact, one of the earliest pieces of 40k anything I did was a blog for online gaming, which was in defense of Death from the Skies. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. And it was Going not a good take. Memory, it was multiple bad takes, all in one. <laughs> all in one. Man, it was bad. <laughs> and then I carried on doing that in podcast form there on out. It was great. And the, and I've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. <laughs> I'm just Googling here real quick in defense of death. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guys. 
I'm like, cool. Are we just taking a break in the middle of this then to go do stuff? Because I could go like, you guys care if I organize my closet for a minute? Well, I mean, we can give you some tips because we can see it when you lean too far to the. Yeah, you to the there you go. That's good. <laughs> oh, here we go. He starts by saying, uh, "Allow me to be clear. I have an inherent flyer bias. It's true. I love, I love them, the and I own a lot of them. Yep. <laughs> I, I had, I had, I had a lot of Dakajets. I love the. Uh, there's a formation of orc flyers called. Oh, Commander Wingnuts, Sky Sky Armada, something like that. Anyway, it was fantastic. It wasn't no, the really... Patrol. No, those were the Storm Oh, the dogfight yeah. phase actually fulfills a much needed purpose. So Shut let's the hell. dispel Why some misconceptions about it, shall we? <laughs> it's actually kind of strange how completely misconstrued this all is. Oh. Yeah, it happens once per game turn, not player well, turn. Exactly. It can only ever involve two flyers. That's Let right. me point out, everybody, that this is literally a separate phase of the game which required a different play surface. Yep. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. <laughs> it was perfect for tournaments. It was very easy to not ever use or, or think of or talk about, but I thought, no, this demands probably a good 2,500 words of exploration. You know, it was really cool, right? Because, like, uh, my buddy wanted to use this uh, game, a pickup game, and uh, he didn't tell me ahead of time. And so I had one plane and he had three and he just shot me right out of the sky with for no recourse. And uh, that was it. I lost my flyer before the game started for no uh, no reason. Looks like he went rock and you went scissors. Yeah, yep. that's true. Uh, by the way, everyone here in the comment section on this post from 2016, very pro-Val, uh, agreeing with you a lot. Wow. Uh, wow. Apart from Reese who said, this makes flyers worse, not better. You will see less armies with them as a result. Oh, that was wrong. Uh, due to the fact that they have less versatility than they did. Wonderful. Ooh, Good time, anyway. everybody. Thanks for that little, little, little sidetrack. Yeah. Now, side now you know what keeps Val up late at night, guys. Death from the skies. Death from the um, skies. And it's given me the, the, the horrible realization uh, that all of this is on the internet forever uh, for anyone to pull up uh, mm -hmm. for any reason. And that's why... Um, that's why I'm Val Heffelfinger, everybody. Damn it. <laughs> well, Johnny Tuxedo. Quite literally why. Okay. Continuing. Johnny, Johnny Tuxedo here now. Uh, letting you know the, the guard are coming as uh, the final big announcement uh, from uh, the, the, oh, uh, the reveal uh, with a brand new model range. Uh, new everything pretty much coming out. Guys, thoughts on the new guard model range? All right. Most of them look great. That commissar is really bad. Where's the commissar? No, no, it's there's a separate picture of the commissar. He's not in the in the big picture of. Oh, I didn't catch him because the current commissar is pretty dope. Yeah, but this say. commissar looks like eighty, like it's eighty percent legs. Okay. <laughs> it's like it, it's. We all know Games Workshop models don't have like really good proportional legs for the most part, um, I would say. Um, but this model may be pushing it to an extreme that, uh, yeah, I, I'm not not a huge fan of that model. I'm uh, just at Warhammer Community, and I like that the uh, the Castellan uh, has uh, a very appropriate strategic rock instead of a, a he's got more of a strategic brick than tactical rock, I should say, is what it was a joke I was going for. Uh, it's it's quite nice. We're at the point of putting tactical rocks under things just to to mess with people, to to see how many tactical rocks they can sneak. That's into what their I do. Models now. It's fair. I will say the castle in as well. You can just take the rock off. It changes literally nothing on the model. Um, guys, I'm going to ask why knee pads on all of the guardsmen now. Uh, do I have to really answer that question? There's some low hanging yes. fruit there. John. Yeah. Because the field of battle is littered with obstacles that could really damage your knees. And you can't really move if you hurt your knee. I don't know if you've ever tried to run after getting hit in the knee. It hurts. Really. It's, it's terrible. It's for, obviously, the future expansions to the Imperial Guard rollerblading detachment. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's going to be pretty awesome. I, I heard I MVB, Mike Brown himself, pushing really hard to add rollerblades to the guard. So <laughs> <working> <laughs> <live>. <laughs> Even more exciting. They just, the, the problem is that they thought that the wrist guards would be too unrealistic. So they, they, they scrapped the idea. It was too bad. I gotta say, I'm, I'm really, I actually haven't looked at the more detailed thing. First of all, I'm really 
Maybe I'm going to step on a landmine here, and I have no idea why it would count as one, but I really like the fact that there's some diversity in the painting schemes here, and also in the sculpts. I think that's absolutely fantastic. We, we have a good mix of, of, of gender and ethnicity, which makes it, to me, look like humanity scattered across the galaxy. This is, this is, this is fantastic. This is also probably what like, most militaries look like these days, especially yeah. like Canadian, U.S., and British ones. Um, so, to add so, yeah. into this here, Val, because you brought up the, the scattered kind of differing looks here. They did mention also uh, that there's going to be no more kind of regimental bonuses as we know them now. With the player being able to mix and match Cadians and with Catachans and with Valhallans and uh, like different things like that. Much kind of Danny like the second edition guard codex more than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts about kind of going to this disparate structure? Uh, I think that's going to be... Well, so... So I guess I'm confused on what the what the traits mean, right? Like, mm -hmm. I understand that they're going to be splitting up regiments, but are they all going to have the same like regimental doctrines? No. So here's so they'll all have the same over. Like you pick two of the army rules that applies to everyone, okay. but then the different squads. So like Cadian's special rule is they don't get heavy weapons teams in their troop squads or their basic squads, but they can take another special weapon. So they're all going to have like just sort of different things. It looks like to, to kind of get them going. Oh, I don't know. It's that that's a lot to kind of speculate on. I feel like there's so much there. I'd be really surprised if Cadians couldn't have heavy weapons in with their squads because it says in Warhammer community that they can. Um, but because uh, I think it says like no matter if they're in their own heavy weapon squads or if they're loaded out with, uh, yeah, or. Whether on their own or as part of an infantry squad, heavy weapon teams, blah 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 blah. Anyway, um, the uh, we'll, I mean, we'll have to see, right? Like, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Does do Cadians get bonuses for like standing still, still, like that kind of stuff, or like is it just going to be inherently like their squad is just set up differently? I, I don't know. That that'll be really interesting to see how that kind of all plays out. And we'll find it will be interesting just to see like the the rules take on guard because they are, they are really tricky because the second you start making them something that can survive in the you know grimdark future uh battlefield uh suddenly they're not just dudes with las guns you know and, and do mm -hmm. this um you know like it's it it becomes they, they become these super soldiers like in eighth edition like the 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 Katachin, you know wave of 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 beat fisty dudes that were like way better than all all space marines and all that kind of stuff was just it was immersion breaking um so it's interesting how do you get how do you get this army to play like you know like a very big combined arms type military machine it will be interesting to see without turning them into a really static gun line or or something like that yeah and here's what I kind of saw here, Danny, is when it said a squad of Cadian shock troops packs in more special weapons than a standard infantry squad, leaving the heavy, heavy weapons team behind for greater mobility. Oh, so maybe like... Having to believe your squad makeup is different. Yeah, yeah. So maybe like when they say that you can add the heavy weapons to an infantry squad, right? Like maybe that means that the infantry squad is still like there. It's not mm -hmm. just Cadian or Krieg or whatever else. There's still like a generic one, so you could potentially make your own regiment still, which that that'd be cool. Yeah. I guess they did also say, just to kind of run this out here, that they couldn't show the spoilerific codex cover off yet. Uh, the codex cover did leak in potato quality on the internet today. Uh, did you both get a chance to see it at all? Is that real? Did it? It is real. It's the back of the Cadian box, and it's very blurry. But what do you think it is that's so spoilerific uh, that they can't show it? Tanks, probably. Horses. Oh, Wolf Riders. Yeah. Yeah, well, one of those is right. Uh, that's... <laughs> Which one? We're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Stupid protect, hell. Protect All my friends have NDAs. Not me. Not Oval. No, 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 no. I got nothing to protect. And I'm the one out here hanging hanging my real opinions out on the line i didn't see you guys shilling for death from the skies okay that was that was me Look, out there hey hey uh, right right away i want to stop you because i've shilled for plenty of games workshop <laughs> products for like the last five or six years so i take personal offense to you trying to represent something that you have out shilled me sir because it has not happened <laughs> it's a shill off everybody by the way this commissar 
Um, the biggest objection I have to it is actually these very long officer co coats. Those guys are not in a hurry to get anywhere. No. Uh, well, no, because well, yeah, he might be. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to be in a hurry. Vela's legs are like four feet long. You can just step <laughs> like eight feet in one bounce. Well, the, yeah, the, re the reason his legs are eight feet long is because he's like wearing his belt like above his, like at his natural waist rather than on his hips. Like any person with a high BMI might. Um, so, yeah. you know, just call back there. Anyway, well, moving along. I would wear yeah. it below, you know, and kind of have a low belt, I would say. Yeah, like like Creed, like Creed used to. You yes. used to have to yes. like accommodate the the the, the Creed sure. gut, right? Yeah, absolutely. The important thing is we're not chills. Uh, we just you know we do the best we can. Uh, by the way, be sure there's still tickets available for the SoCal Open sure uh, 2022. Get in there, in November guys. or October. Uh, go there, prove yourself to be the best in the West uh, with Frontline Gaming's premier uh, October-based uh, 40k event. Um, what an amazing show. Uh, guys, we're going to be back next Monday. Probably Val again, uh, to be honest with you. It's, it's kind of a fun time. Uh, to go no, over let's get something. Mikey. Let's get Mikey here. Mike, Mikey, yeah, if Mike you're listening, yeah, are you available next Monday, Mikey? You could step into this box right here. Yep. If you wanted, it's yours, buddy. Get on you it. You have to go to Val's house to film, though. <laughs> it's the only downside. Well, he would have to film at, well, what time is it? Uh, it's five hours ahead of whatever time it is now. So it's very early uh, in the morning, late at night even, uh, for Mikey to join us in real time. So yeah. we'll have to figure out how we do that. We'll figure something else out. We will. Uh, Joe Saray on YouTube coming in, letting us know, how did I get here? Uh, WTF. And I can't think of a better way to end the show than that. Sorry, Joe. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, as always, for watching. Uh, and as always, it's pretty grim after dark.